Welcome into this episode of the Denver Stiff Show. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Thursday night as we react immediately after the Nuggets lose to the Portland Trailblazers 125-115. Nikola Jokic sat out the entire fourth quarter. It appears that there's a little bit of gamesmanship going on, but also remember the Nuggets were without four starters, so don't react too heavily to this. I am joined today by two very special guests. Let's start with social media director of Denver Stiffs, Miss Jenna Garcia. Jenna, how are you? What's up, Brian? I'm doing great, you know? Um, I think I'm pretty happy with what I've seen so far from the Nuggets, so I can't complain too much. Living life. They look engaged. They, the they're performing well. Like, it, it's very much very, very good to see. I've been very happy with what we've seen from Porter especially. He just looks like he's reached a different level at this point, so that's been a lot of fun. Oh, I know you're pleased with Porter. You don't have to <laughs> rub it in my face, right? <laughs> You can, you can read the Denver Stiffs chat just as well as I can. Uh, <laughs> on my other side, we have uh, the the king of Thornton himself and Mile High Sports radio host, Jeff Morton, in that order. Jeff, how are you? Uh, I can't read the Denver Stiffs chat, so I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> we blocked you long ago. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not I, true, uh, Jeff. I never, you know, it was funny. I remember when we had the, we never did email. I mean, Nate, Andy, and I would email uh, each other, and we would just basically, we wouldn't do a chain. But I remember Adam started doing this Denver Stiffs email thing. This is before Slack. And I would never participate in that. And now I'm kind of like, now it's Slack, and I'm wondering if I would ever be a Slack guy. I can't see myself as a Slack guy. I think you would adapt. Uh, actually, Kayla Osby was the one who brought us on to the Slack platform, and she did Ooh, everybody a solid. It was it was very, very important for us to get organized and get into Slack just because the the posting requirements have become what they have been, and it wasn't always like that, and, and things have mm-hmm. just – Things have just kind of evolved from that point. So I'm glad for it for sure. But you would have evolved too. You, you've evolved with the times despite looking like you're from the 90s right now. I, I don't know. I mean, I've gone backwards. I, I, I do a radio show now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be doing uh, like my next step is like ham radio somewhere. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's my I can next see it. Step. That's the, dev- the, de- the devolution of Jeff. Is what we call oh, it, man. Uh, well, Jeff is slowly burying himself deeper and deeper into the ground. But mm. the Nuggets—they're—they uh, were very interesting today. I know both of you watched this game and probably had some interesting takeaways, just like I did. Uh, as I said in the in the intro, the Nuggets won, or they lost, excuse me, one twenty-five to one fifteen to the Blazers. Uh, Damian Lillard had forty-five points. He looked unstoppable out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was good for the Blazers, but we'll we'll talk about them in a little bit. Let's start with the Nuggets on this one. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. once again had 27 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, Nikola Jokic had 13 assists, but he sat out the fourth quarter. Uh, Jenna, let me get your take on this. Do you think the Nuggets were right to sit Jokic and the other starters? I just think I would have been happier if they had sat Jokic from the get-go, right? Because then there's no expectations. Um, I do think while the Nuggets already have their seating um, or their playoff position, they have their playoff clinch, right? Their appearance. Oh, yeah. But they don't have their position clinch. 
And I just think that Portland really wanted this game and they needed this game and they worked hard for this game. I mean, Dame is ridiculous. I think he's actually my favorite player in the NBA right now, to be honest with you. I can't not like like him. I love his game. I love the like thrill, the the vibe he brings to the floor. Like he's just dangerous at every single turn. You can go out and pick him up from 90 feet. You can pick him up from 45 feet. He will take you from the three-point line from way back at 45, or he'll take it right past you to the basket. Like I just love this man's game. So I love watching the Blazers play. And luckily for us, we got to see a lot of Blazers nuggets last year, but I would have just felt better if they had chose to stay away. Like if they really wanted Nicola to rest, then just rest him. Like give your other guys some continuity within their lineups. Know that they're not going to be able to rely on Jokic so that other guys step up from the get-go. There's definitely an argument for that. And and we got into some of that in the Denver Stiff Slack chat. Uh, And there are a lot of fans on Twitter and a lot of people on Twitter in general who kind of share that same sentiment that, hey, if you're going to rest Nikola Jokic, then you might as well rest him and don't even play him in this game. Uh, Jeff, what do you think? Um, am I still there? Yep. Yep. You both froze. I apologize. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, my, my, my big thing is not necessarily that they basically chucked the game away, which is what they did. Um, and this is two years in a row against Portland where they've been like, eh, yeah, I don't which really care if we win. Doesn't we're, necessarily. We're within, yeah, it doesn't we're, feel we're good. Leading. It's a little bit we're weird. Leading and we don't really care. So as you could just have the game. We're going to play this lineup for a quarter and a half, and they'll be completely tired by the end, and they won't have any legs for their shooting, and they'll make a bunch of turnovers because they've been playing for, you know, what, 25 game minutes. You know, sure. Why sure. not? Um as Jenna said, I kind of would have preferred if they would have just not played Nikola from the start. Uh, you could kind of tell uh, Jokic wasn't playing at uh, full speed, um, and it was it was one. It was a strange game. It, I, I I gotta say, and, and maybe it's because in hi, it's in hindsight, and we're talking about you know uh, knowing that Malone did what he did in the fourth quarter, uh, but it was a kind of a strange game. The officiating sucked. Oh, it sucks so <laughs> it bad. <really> did. <laughs> and I don't complain about officiating, but it was so bad, one-sided. And I, 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 I like Dame, but he doesn't deserve the "I breathed on you" fouls. And I, it, it, that's when it did that last foul. I think who was on Porter that he like he it, I think was it was that him or Plumley? I don't remember. But it was like he did didn't like he he brushed against him and they got they got the star call right and at that point i'm like man Jokic is getting hammered by was getting hammered by Nurkic and nothing just not getting anything i'm sorry i'm going off about officiating because oh, good. it's so it sucked <laughs> diddly ucked <laughs> Dude, Nurkic was out there trying to prove to all of Denver why we shouldn't have passed on him. For real. Like, really hardcore. You, did you see how much he was sweating? He was, like, trying extra hard. Let's be oh, honest. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was sweating like Roger Ebert out there. 
<laughs> I don't know who that is, so I'm not even gonna like. <laughs> I, I kind of started fake laughing, but oh, I, I don't. I don't really even know. <laughs> that was a Simpsons reference. I I, I I should know better than to do that. Yeah, I, I should probably know the Simpsons. Let's be honest. Um, but no, I, I think you're right. You're you're both right. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic definitely trying out there, very very hard. Twenty two points, twenty shots. Uh, wasn't very efficient out there, but he did get up a lot of shots, and he did put himself into a position where he could get those numbers. Um, Lillard, as we talked about, forty-five and twelve. That was nuts. Uh, but yeah, let's let's circle back to Porter really quick. Uh, it was a quiet twenty-seven and twelve. It definitely didn't feel like he was extremely good in this game but he still kind of got to those numbers and he did so relatively efficiently. Uh, Jenna, let me start with you. This is three games in a row now. What are the Nuggets like? Uh, I, there, there just really is no question now about him starting, is there? I feel like you came to me with some sort of objective here. You're trying to out <laughs> me as an MPJ hater, aren't you? No, you just have to say, hey, look, he's playing great. The Nuggets aren't even healthy right now. Hey, you might as well ride the high hand, right? Oh, okay. Here in America, where freedom of speech is a thing, I just <laughs> have to say that MPJ is playing great. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding, right? Um, MPJ has played very good. And, and I think the most important thing is that he continues to be consistent, right? 27 isn't 30, but it might as well be 30. He needed one more opportunity to take a three to really get there. And he probably would have hit it, let's be honest. He's been on fire the last three games. And um, I think it's interesting that Malone keeps, like, kind of pressing on the fact that he insists that MPJ be great on both ends of the floor. Uh, I think that MPJ probably, like, yeah, when he's not a rookie, could he be great on both ends of the floor? Totally. But for him to just be great on one end of the floor as a rookie should be enough for Michael Malone. And it's a little bit frustrating for me personally that it's not. And what it, the reason why I get nervous about it in general is that MPJ is getting minutes right now because you don't have Jamal Murray. You don't have Gary Harris. You don't have Will Barton. Like sure. there's a reason why MPJ has these minutes right now. And I'm worried that once he, those guys get back, he won't be getting those minutes um, for the beginning, like the first quarter of this game, I really felt like, wow, MPJ and Jokic look great. Like they were the duo out there that was standing out to me. And I thought to myself for a second, what happens when Jamal comes back? Because Jamal needs to be that duo with Jokic. Then how do you, you know, how do you incorporate MPJ into that? I think is going to be a really tough thing, not just for the Nuggets as a whole, but for Jamal and Jokic in particular right? Like they're oh, used yeah. to doing their two man, uh, PNR thing. And, and I think MPJ throws a wrench in it a little bit. Hopefully it's a, like a good wrench, but I don't even know if he'll even be out there with Jamal and Jokic once the other guys get healthy. Jeff, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I'm going to put aside my personal feelings on the anti-vaccination, uh, other BS that he has put out there. Which, I'm just going to which put deserves that aside. to be mentioned. It, it definitely does. It, 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 it's regardless of my personal feelings on that, I'm going to bring it back to what I believe as far as he being an elite player. Uh, quite frankly, 
We could talk about Will Barton, who is playing as a undersized three. We could talk about Gary Harris, who's playing as an undersized two. We could talk about Jamal Murray, who was pounding the rock out of the, the air out of the ball, his last appearance, and really, I think, can be perceived as getting into a I'm the man battle with uh, Jokic. I think if, if we're going to wrap this into a neat bow, the ultimate answer to all that BS is Michael Porter Jr. Because what he did the last three games, granted it's in a weird situation right now in the bubble, what he did the last three games is special. It doesn't happen that often. We haven't seen anyone do this sort of thing in a long time. Jamal's done some, had some big highlights, but he doesn't do it consistently. And three games in a row of this is something we have not seen since Melo was here or Iverson, right? And Even still, like, like yeah. 25 and 12, three games in a row from a rookie is just kind of nuts. It's, it's, it's not something I would ever have expected from anybody. It's absolutely insane. And you got to respect the elite ability. And uh, that's really what it is. It's elite. And his rebounding is insane. I've been more impressed with his rebounding than his scoring. His rebounding sure. is absolutely insane. He has an innate ability to find the board. There and was there was a play today where Porter got the ball and, and he got it inside and Jokic was on the other side of the paint and they were both kind of using their skills and using their height, but also their offensive rebounding ability to just put the Blazers in hell. Yeah. They were in a prison down there. And it was kind of unbelievable to see two 6'10", 6'11", 7-foot guys with skill on both sides of the paint just wreaking havoc down there. And so if you want to yep. know what the future of the Nuggets looks like, it's that in particular, just overwhelming the opposition with your ability to be skillful, but also kind of wreaking havoc. Yeah. And I, and I think maybe Jenna could comment on this too. Uh, really the ultimate question is whether Michael Malone will revert back to his trust guys. We all know that Gary is a big trust guy with him. Right. We know that Tory Craig is a big trust guy with him. Um, Tory Craig is the Anthony Carter of this version of Michael Malone. And it is something that's very apparent. When this team starts getting healthy, which who knows, by the way, that's something we else we could talk about. Um, but I, I, you know, once this team gets healthy, if it was me, I would think this person has put up, uh, what is it, uh, 67 plus 27, so 94. 94 points in three games. Yeah. Which is uh, absolute 37 rebounds. Absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. And I don't think – excuse me, 39 rebounds. Um, I don't think that you can dismiss that because this has come against good competition. He did that against Oklahoma City Thunder, right? He did that against a Spurs team that is trying to get in the playoffs. He's done that against the uh, Portland Trailblazers who sent Gary Trent out there just to beat him up. Yeah. And that is entirely – and he's still got – 27 and he had a bad game right yeah. that's elite and you just can't ignore that you can't box that up again in my opinion yeah i'm with you was, uh, you shouldn't go ahead jenna 
I was just saying, at least you shouldn't box it up again, right? You can. Lord, trust Malone. He will (laughs) if he feels like he needs to for whatever reason. The thing is, though, like, there's no ignoring Gary Harris's, uh, like, his just, I mean, he's struggling, guys. Like, he's just struggled over the last two years, you know? Like, his field goal, field goal attempts even. Like, he's barely attempting 11 in the last two years, okay? 2018 to 2019 and this season. Right. 11 was the high end of how many field goals he was attempting. Like, he is not scoring efficiently. 10 points, averaging 10 points, 12 points. It's just not enough for a starter. It's great yep. for a guy off the bench. Totally acceptable for a guy off the bench. I think Malone needs to just come to terms with it because it just doesn't seem like he has. And I'm really scared for when Gary gets back healthy. Like, are, are, are we just going to resort back to him because we trust him on defense? Because the fact of the matter is they've won three of the last – or two of the last three games with MPJ out there. And guess what? Defense – his lack of defense or the lack of Gary Harris' defense – was not that big of a deal yeah yeah they made it work They're, they've they've found a way in a lot of these games and I, ha- I have full confidence that if Jokic had been out there in the fourth quarter today that they would have pulled this one out too oh they would have won they yeah just, won. just if they if Monty Morris was out there too if, if they, he rested both Monty and uh uh and Jokic and they, they would have won the game and I was waiting for him to put him in the game I was like why isn't he putting him in I it, it, it just never made any sense because the Nuggets like were up by what three, and I'm yeah. like, oh, now is the time, but they just didn't, you know. Obviously, it wasn't in the plan for today. I'm not pissed about it. Uh, if I was Portland, I'd be like, yeah, the Nuggets gave us two wins in the last in the last two seasons, so <laughs> you know. Well, fortunately for the Nuggets, they don't even have to worry about the Blazers at this point. There is no reason for them to – there's no reason for them to panic giving this to, yeah. to Portland specifically and saying, hey, uh, we could face you in the playoffs. No, this is actually a thing where they'll, they'll be locked up against the Los Angeles Lakers in all likelihood in that first seed. Um, let me ask you this. Have the Blazers been impressive to you guys? Are, are, are they a team that you think could take down the Los Angeles Lakers? Let me start with Jenna on this one. Well, I mean, your question is is tough because you started with, have you been impressed with the Blazers? And then you went to, could Fair. they take down Fair. the Los Angeles Lakers? <laughs> totally different, right? <laughs> uh, Start the I first mean, part, I yes. honestly, Yeah, I've honestly been impressed with the Blazers. I think that Dame has the leadership qualities that you need in a player that that will just will your team to success, whether your team is there or not, right? And then he has people around him that can that kind of just like click into the the roles that he needs. You you have Carmelo Anthony having a pretty good bubble appearance. You have CJ McCollum right by his side. Nurkic being back, like even though he looked like he was sucking wind tonight to me, right? Like sure, sure. Uh, like uh, whatever annoyed Nuggets fan a little bit with Nurkic. I see. I'm like, oh, he's sucking wind, but. He was hustling out there. He had some really good plays. He um, he had some really good hustle plays too. And 
he looked okay. He looked pretty good. You, it, they get a couple guys back that are healthy. They've been to the conference finals last year. Like whether they were swept or not, that's going to help them as far as just like the experience goes. Right. So do I think that they could be a team to make it to the playoffs and actually be successful? Oh, I think the Blazers are by far better than the Grizzlies. I think they're better. They could, they could definitely um, rock with the Mavericks. Yeah. So do they, do I think that they could beat the Los Angeles Lakers? The only reason I'm saying I would say no is LeBron James. Like it's LeBron. Sure. And he's never, I've bet against him every single playoffs he's ever been in. I have bet against LeBron and I have ate that bet every single time. So I just, I I think I learned my lesson now. Like I'm just not going to be stubborn about it. And maybe he is old enough now that he won't be as successful in the playoffs. Who knows? But I'm, I'm not ready to bet against LeBron yet. It does seem like the Blazers are a playoff caliber team. I think that that's a pretty fair thing to say that if, if they get all of these guys healthy, uh, they don't even have Rodney Hood back yet, but Collins look pretty good out there. Yusuf Nurkic look pretty good out there. Uh, Gary Trent, I mean, he's, he's kind of overhyped, I would say, but I mean, the numbers kind of speak for themselves. He's shooting like a million percent from three right now. So uh, Jeff, what about you? Do you think uh, the Blazers seem like they have the fast track to the eighth spot? Uh, I think that they're the best of those teams. I think it's pretty clear. They have the most talents. They have the best player. Uh, Can they challenge a team like the Lakers? Um, Can they challenge the Lakers? No. Um, Can they challenge uh, even the Houston Rockets? Yeah. They could challenge the Nuggets. Um, They are a second-tier third-tier Western Conference playoff team. Um, Dame is great. C.J. McCollum is the one who really beat the Nuggets in Game 7 last year. Um, You know, they got those guys. Zach Collins is good. Yusuf Nurkic, when he's going well and motivated, is good. Uh, Just shameless plug here, I kind of put out today a a, a podcast I did a couple months ago called uh, How All-In with Nurkic Became All-In with Jokic. And it went through the entire journey of how it, the Nuggets evolved from really, and I think people don't really understand this, this was Yusuf Nurkic's team. Yeah. This was going to be, he was the future, and then he got injured, which is a common thing with him. Uh, <laughs> but he got injured, and everything changed. Yeah. Literally everything changed when he got injured his rookie year, and it became Jokic after that, thereafter. Um, and I could see why he has an axe to grind, to be quite honest with you, with the way he was usurped, basically, in, in Denver. I think, you know, obviously it was legitimate uh, the way that had happened, but I could see from his perspective how it would still irk him. A motivated Yusuf Nurkic is, is a, a really good player. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think that, what the Nuggets did to the Portland Trail Blazers last year in the playoffs was they had Gary Harris and Torrey Craig just beat the living hell out of out of both, uh, well, specifically Dame Lillard. Uh, he had a bunch tonight, but he was playing against uh, Troy, Troy, not Troy Daniels. He was playing against uh, uh, PJ Dozier, Monty Morris, and a little bit of Torrey Craig. It's not the same. Well, Torrey Craig, he, he really did try and go at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I 
I hear you there. Uh, I, I've been impressed with them. I've been impressed with their overall talent, and they can play a couple of different ways now, now that they have Yusuf Nurkic, and they're yeah. a little bit better when when the ball is forced out of Lillard's hands, I would say, because Nurkic can actually pass on, like, Hassan Whiteside. But yeah. uh, it's they're, they're good. Are they great? No. Uh, I think that the Collins and Nurkic lineup against Anthony Davis front court with JaVale McGee or uh, Dwight Howard, that size is good. That size is going to be helpful for them. It's not going to be perfect, though. And, I mean, Anthony Davis is going to prove why he's very good in that series for sure. And they don't have anybody to match up with LeBron. So, uh, but either way, I mean, it was fun to watch them. I I do definitely think so. We didn't get to talk about Melo that much, but he was also, I mean, he was, he was fine tonight. Uh, Nothing, nothing really special. This was the Gary Trenton, Damian Lillard game, I would say. Um, But those guys are Mm -hmm. interesting and and glad to see that Melo is, is getting back into a good position on a team. It took a lot of work for him. He was, he was, definitely in that position now let's take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk about what we've learned from the nuggets during these first four games and we're going to talk more about this injury bug which doesn't seem to be going away we'll be right back Ryan Blackburn here, joined today by Jenna Garcia, of course, and Jeff Morton from his couch. He's looking very comfy, uh, just laying back with the flow. Hey, you're on your couch too, and you look comfy as well. But I mean, hey, Jeff, like there's just no masquerading how lounged and relaxed he looks up there. (laughs) Yeah, Jeff is doing full on, at least that's how I do my selfies for sure. Arm above your head, like play with your head a little bit. Please bring your finest That's the cutest thing I've ever seen you do, Jenna. (laughs) Bring your finest meats and cheeses. (laughs) Great. Um, I require servants. Servants. You had had them. You were at Denver Stiffs forever. (laughs) Sure, I did. I did. Not those uh, kind of servants, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, oh, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, do your preview and recap. That's it. That's you. You're on preview <laughs> recap duty today. That's more along the lines of what I was thinking, Jenna. <laughs> I would, I would just, I would, I would just make people do uh, the road recaps and things, yeah. and then they would end up, they would end up hating me and stuff like that. So. Yeah. It's a natural progression. I will say that. But mm-hmm. hey, the more you do the road recap, the more you hate yourself and your colleagues. Uh, that is, oh, especially the the uh, late games. <laughs> oh, the yeah, the the ten thirty <laughs> Eastern time starts. Yeah, those are. Oh yeah, those are a joy. Oh, yeah, those are. I mean, I'm I'm used to it because I'm always up at that hour. But um, still, like it's it's not not an enjoyable experience at that hour. Um, when do you usually get to bed? You know, it varies. I've actually think I think I've done a pretty good job of getting my schedule back on track. I, I'm usually at about two a.m. now, uh, okay. but it, it was ranging to like four a.m., five a.m. Uh, could get very late and then very really? irregular. So I'm I'm glad I've gotten into a pretty good schedule. Today wasn't as good, but I was exhausted today. Uh, this this coverage has been has been kind of a kind of intense over the course of the last few weeks. Yes, it is. It's nonstop. It's it's crazy, and there's always basketball to watch. So you're always wanting to watch basketball, and then you realize you haven't done anything. So then you're right, and oh my god, like it's just kind of a backbreaker. 
Uh, if, I, but, if, I, if I still wrote, I would be very uh, miserable right now. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> I was just going to ask. Like, <laughs> uh, All right. Well, enough, enough of that. We still have some, some things that I want to cover with you too. Uh, the Nuggets are halfway through their seeding games right now. They're 2-2. Two and two, Probably could be 3-1. and one. If Michael Porter Jr. has a good first game, they could be 4-0. What, Jeff, let's start with you first because Jetta specifically requested this and I wanted to call her out on the podcast because I can. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jeff, what have you taken away from these first four games and and what we can expect going forward? Uh, I take away that the Nuggets' depth is pretty good. Um, we could talk about this later, obviously, the injuries. But really, the Nuggets' depth is, is better. Um, I, it, kind of wrapped into that, P.J. Dozier is up and down for me. Okay. Uh, he impressed me a lot more. Uh, before, I, you know, it's, it's weird. He just, I, I, there are times he makes poor decisions with the basketball, and I think I need to avoid taking that out on him, right, because he's still – learning his way through this Nuggets team. Sure. But he goes in with that depth. This Nuggets depth is pretty impressive still. To go two and two uh, when you are missing three of your five starters, and then today four of your five starters, uh, you know, that's still pretty damn impressive. And considering they just let Portland win in in the fourth quarter, Honestly, the Nuggets' depth is really, really what stands out to me in this thing. Um, and depth can be a great thing, and depth can be a, a, a bad thing, particularly if you don't know how to play the players. If you don't, particularly with when the Nuggets are coming up with, you know, with the uh, uh, when these guys get healthy, that could be a problem that that we don't want. So. There definitely seems to be a, a correlation between when the Nuggets get injured and when they play their best or at least have some of their best moments. In January. Some of, some of it is because they rise to the occasion, don't get me wrong, but also I think some of it is just the simplification of the roles and understanding yeah. exactly where you're going to be. Michael Malone doesn't have, a, he doesn't have any issues when there are only nine, ten guys available in terms of who to play when. It's, it's very simple. I've, I've, I commended him on his rotations through the first three games on the last podcast. This one I, I can go back and forth on between because I kind of understand why he did what he did, but like you guys, I, I wish that he wouldn't have played Nicole in the first place. But despite that, they were in the game, and he, he just he put them in a really good position to win with Porter kind of as the focal point of that bench unit. Uh, Jenna, is there any player specifically – that has really stood out to you that, that like Jeff said, Hey, we could take away that the depth has been really good. Is there any player that's a part of that depth that you've been like, wow, this, this guy should like, he's really impressed. Um, I guess I don't feel like necessarily really impressed me for the first time. Right. Um, but I, I would say that Jeremy Grant has stood out to me in particular if I'm not going to say that Michael Porter Jr. has stood out, right? Because I don't, yeah, I don't think he counts think, as depth anymore. I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and in, in that same lens, Jeremy Grant gets a start here and there too, right? He's not sure. always off the bench. So um, I think what it is more of is – I mean, Monte Morris has always stood out, right? He's a great leader for that second unit. He not only gives them um, safety or security, at least in their ball handling and bringing the ball up the court, but he also is – he's a playmaker in the sense that when Jokic is off the floor, you know you're going to get the same vision, at least on the court, from Monte as you will from Jokic. In my opinion, I think that they're just one guy who's like seven feet tall and the other guy is itty-bitty, right? But sure. that's not fair. He's like six foot tall, right? <laughs> but he seems anybody compared to everybody else. Taller than um, me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that he like necessarily stood out. I do think that the Nuggets' depth has looked pretty good, especially for the fact that when you consider that they they haven't all been there, right? Monte's yeah. barely been there. PJ's barely been there. Um, and for the their their second unit to be kind of like running with with teams who have been there throughout the entire bubble time. I don't even know what else to call it. Bubble time. <laughs> uh, sounds funny. But bubble time yeah, sounds, like sounds the, different. Uh. Right. The Blazers didn't have that many guys that were missing. Like uh, I had been talking because of last season and the playoffs with the Blazers, you know, of course I got to know the Blazers media and they were like, how many guys are missing from the Nuggets? I don't understand if, why it's a big deal because no one was missing from the Blazers really for the large majority wasn't missing. Nobody who was out, you know, like really important to their team was missing. When you look at Monte Morris, he's very important to this Nuggets second rotation. He was missing for the large majority of, those scrimmages and for the large majority I think he's like going on like week two right now of being in the bubble yeah so he hasn't been there for long the fact that their depth has stood out with that lens of the fact that they haven't most of them haven't been there for that long I think is what really does um stand out more than anything is is that they were able to get on board as quick as they were um for me personally I think this what stood out most to me is the lack of perimeter defense. And I like really can't figure out what the issue is. Right. Cause Malone has been harping on this since last season that the nuggets needed to be good at perimeter defense. They need to guard the, the perimeter better. We thought that adding long lanky guys like bull bull MPJ, Tory Craig, Jeremy Grant, um, all those guys would be guys that would kind of help with that perimeter defense and I just haven't seen the change that I think I would have wanted to see by now or and I also think like I guess Malone hasn't really seen the change that he would want to expect but his expectations are very very high and mine are only half as high as Malone's are (laughs) true true so he's probably going crazy when 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 you say perimeter defense he's screaming perimeter defense my god like (laughs) like that's definitely definitely where he's at uh I can I can I can stand by that. I wonder how that changes when Murray Harris Barton get back, if only because they have a lot of experience and know exactly where to be. Some of the time when you when you come up with Monte, Jeremy Grant was spending a lot of time on on Damian Lillard today. Tory Craig is spending a lot of time on Tory on, on Dame today. Uh, Porter for as great as he is and for as great as he has shown, he's still, he's still some, he's a little slow on the defensive rotations on the backside. So guys like Gary Trent, 
Carmelo Anthony, even CJ McCollum when he's defending him. They're going to get some open shots, and that's important. But today, I don't know if it was just because Damian Lillard went off or because the Nuggets were doing anything wrong. I think it's probably a combination of the two. But sometimes you just got to give stars credit. And I think that the the Nuggets have run into some teams where they've they've ran a little bit hot with their shooting. Uh, Like Duncan Robinson is just very good. He's very elite. Uh, The Thunder haven't been perfect in this bubble, but they happen to shoot really well against the Nuggets specifically. Um, We're going to see. We're going to see how that goes and how that progresses when everybody gets back. I I don't know when people are going to get back. Uh, My takeaway is that once you get past – Murray, Porter, Jokic, I think those are the main chess pieces that Malone is going to play throughout this thing. And everybody else, no matter who you are, you could be Paul Millsap, who's been here for three years and been awesome. Uh, you could be Will Barton, who's been who's had a great season and has done a lot for this team. He's been very good, very versatile. Uh, Gary Harris, Torrey Craig, Monte Morris, all of those guys, they're going to be used as uh, – supporting cast members. I don't think there's any way that the Nuggets are going to be able to go back from anything other than Murray Porter and Jokic at this point. And all of those other pieces, they could play 15 minutes one night or they could play 35 minutes one night, depending on the matchup. It could be Jeremy Grant or it could be Paul or it could be Mason Plumley playing big. Uh, we don't know what it's going to be, but I, I do think that Michael Porter Jr. has made this easy and it's going to be those three and then we will see what uh, what happens with everybody else. Uh, Jeff, am I am I Malone overstepping? <laughs> am I overstepping my bounds with the Porter thing or what? No, no. Uh, the the I think we've all seen the same thing, you know. And and you'd have to be pretty blind in order to not acknowledge what is right in front of us, as Michael Porter Jr. makes. Uh, the Nuggets offense that much better. I'm not as concerned about the defense. You can get better on defense. It it took Kevin Durant a long time to become a okay defensive player, a pretty good defensive player. Um, it, It comes with knowing your rotations, getting used to playing team defense and, and more. Um, I think this is something that we saw in January uh, especially with that 25-point uh, uh, game against uh, the Indiana Pacers. Yeah. I think we had all seen this and knew that if he got consistent minutes, uh, he would pre- be performing at a pretty high level, in, in my view. And I think now you're seeing it consistently and over time. You just can't ignore it, and you can't just put it away as much as Malone probably wants to go back to his trust guys. He has to be in the starting lineup. Uh, that's just period. Yeah, kind of kind of feels that way. Uh, Jenna, I know that, that probably rubs you the wrong way a little bit. What do, you, what do you think? Well, it doesn't rub me the wrong way, Ryan. I'm not a Porter hater. <laughs> Seriously, the whole, all of Stiff's thinks that I'm that a is, Porter hater. That is a passionate response. I'm the response. only one who pushed pushes back on Porter, right? But not, no, okay, why, why do they think this, Jenna? Well, because I said that I think Porter is fragile, and I stand by my statement. The man is fragile. Every, every time he rolls his ankle, don't tell me that your heart doesn't jump up into your throat on the screen. I know it. 
he rolls his ankle to the tiniest bit and everyone's like oh dear god he's going to be out for a month so <laughs> it's, the, it, it's I, the Danilo Gallinari thing he does he has that kind of thing where it's like could be great is great when healthy but can you count on him to be healthy you know and I think that moving forward he'll probably need to have some sort of regimen like similar to Kawhi where he like really does take rest because I don't think the that he is a sturdy guy. Like even Jeremy Grant seems like sturdy to me. Michael Porter Jr. seems like breakable. But the Nuggets defense, like Malone cares so much about Nuggets defense. That's like the thing he cares the most about. We all know this. We hear him harp on this. We literally joke about the fact that like, uh uh-oh, another turnover. We're going to hear it from Malone tonight. Like yeah. We all joke about it. We all know it's true. Since yeah. July 1st, the Nuggets are last in defensive rating. They're below the Sacramento Kings, you guys, mm. in defensive rating. This is from when? hasn't seen that since July 1st to today. Oh, so this is just in the bubble in general. Okay. Just bubble. Yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll bring that up. I know the moment that goes public that he's going to see it and he will probably comment on it. Um, I, I do think that given the fact that they've missed a lot of pieces, given the fact that some of the other teams have run hot against them, I do genuinely think that, by the way. Gary Trent Jr. is not this level of shooter. And Damian Lillard, despite like being very, very good, he's not 11 threes good on a consistent basis. Jokic said it in his interview the other day. He laughed. I forget who asked the question, but Jokic's response was he, he literally chuckled, and then he said, yeah, they've had plenty of time to practice their shot during this pandemic. Guys yeah. are going to shoot like Dame shot tonight, like Trent Jr. Sh- shot tonight. Like those guys are going to shoot like that, like because they've had the time to work on on their shot. And the Nuggets have got to figure out something for their perimeter defense. If somebody doesn't step up, Malone will resort back to who he feels most comfortable with, his safety nets, because he's so – like I almost think that like – it's like an anxiety issue that he should probably see somebody for because he gets anxiety when nobody plays defense on the perimeter and he like freaks out and he'll pull guys. And it's like, I get it. I totally get it. And I understand his philosophy and he's a great coach. He's brought them very, very far. It's not to say that I think that he's wrong. What I'm saying is it's a real issue and I know Malone knows about it and I know Malone sees it and I know he thinks like that's going to hit them in the playoffs. That's going to be a thing in the playoffs if they have to go up against a team. I mean, even no matter what happens, right? Whoever they face in the first round, if they have to face LA, it's going to be an issue. LA is also much larger than them in the paint. So it's going to be an issue double. I mean, every team, right? Kawhi, you got to worry about the deep threes. Portland, you got to worry about deep threes. Now apparently the Suns and Devin Booker, you got to worry about the deep threes. Like Houston, you got to worry about the three-point range. If we cannot defend the three-point line, like the Nuggets aren't going anywhere. Yeah, it's a great point. It really is. And and I think there are a lot of teams like that. You didn't even mention Dallas and OKC. They, They have the capability to heat up from the perimeter. So yeah, that's a good takeaway. It really is. And and the Nuggets are going to have to figure it out, and Porter's going to probably have to figure it out on the fly. I, I hope that Malone sticks with him because the minute he benches him for uh, perimeter defense, I think the Nuggets get worse uh, just overall. 
but it, it's it's still very possible that that is something that could happen. Uh, let's pivot to the injury bug real quick because we keep talking about this and dancing around it. But Murray, Harrison, Barton, they they it, things just don't sound very good right now. Uh, Paul Millsap rested today. He he has looked his age over the course of the bubble so far. I would say yeah. uh, Troy Daniels was out. He he has played a lot of minutes during the bubble that I don't think anybody really expected him to play or he wasn't expecting to play. So I'm, I'm less concerned about that one though. What are your concerns level? I'll start with Jeff. What's your concern for the three players for the three starters, the nuggets are missing. Uh, pretty well. <laughs> it wasn't as, as that big a concern until Malone's little presser today. Yeah. Where, where he, we're going to keep on the bus and they can hop on the bus. You know, it's, it was weird. I, I just yeah. I, I didn't get concerned I think he until said train, 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 train. It was the train. Come on, train. Come on. Come on I also train. think Jeff should speak and write it. <laughs> Sorry. No, I was just gonna say I think Jeff should speak to uh, Paul Millsap and his aging in the bubble. Just saying, Jeff. Oh, no, I mean, he is. He Your he wisdom. has. He has uh, he's aged like uh, Jeff Morton in the bubble. That's exactly what happened. Um, uh, not it, it works. It, you, it not everyone can uh, be, acting this old is is not easy. All right, you have to keep it up every day. <laughs> it's a talent. It's a, it's a talent. And uh, what's been interesting is is Millsap uh, has looked. I, and I think it's interesting that he hit the brick wall of age as soon as he signed with the Nuggets. I mean, he was never injured before until he got here. And that's just, yeah, it's true. That, uh, that's just the thing. It's a Nuggets thing. It's a curse of their power forwards. It is something that happens. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, that did not get – I mean, it was just resting today. And Millsap really just needs to understand that his best – you know, his best role right now is to be the veteran because uh, he doesn't optimize their offense the way that Michael Ford Jr. does, and even Jeremy Grant does, even though there is some concern in some circles that the Nuggets could overpay Jeremy Grant. Um, I would say that I, with the Will Barton and Jamal Murray and uh, Gary Harris, if I am unsurprised at Gary Harris being injured. I am concerned with about Will Barton coming back because we all know how Will plays when he's hurt. And that those playoffs last year, or any indication, it was not pretty. And he was getting booed at home. Now, obviously, he doesn't have to face that now in the playoffs, but uh, he was stinking up the joint, and that's why he was benched for uh, Torrey Craig. Still a lot um, of pressure on him for sure. A lot of pressure, and then and then there's Jamal. Jamal, I'm the least worried about. Jamal plays hurt all the time. I'm not I'm not worried about Jamal. Jamal can play through anything, but it's the other two where I'm like I think it, it, there's long term concern there. Jenna, what about you? Um, I think it's interesting that Jeff says that he's not worried about Jamal because Jamal can play through anything. We've seen Jamal play through anything and everything, and most of the time. Malone kind of lets Jamal do that. Uh, the fact that Malone's not letting him do that 
does have me a little concerned in this case because I feel like it must be something big-ish or bigger than normal for Malone not to be letting him do that unless they genuinely believe that they have an actual run at this title. And if that's the case, then, then, then that's great news, right? If they yeah. really believe that they have an actual run at this, as long as Jamal's healthy for later games, then that's great. But for, from my perspective, I feel like it feels a little bit sketchy to me that Jamal hasn't gotten to play, especially today when he was like, he was questionable again. It seemed like maybe he would today just because it's Portland. It's always kind of competitive there. I, I consider Portland a rival for Denver in a lot of ways, not just uh, last mm-hmm. year's playoffs, but also like the whole Nurkic time, you know, storyline or whatever. Sure. But, mm-hmm. um, and now there's Carmelo there. Um, I thought, I thought Jamal was going to play today, to be honest with you. I really did believe he was going to play. So I am a little bit worried about Jamal not playing again, because I just feel like Malone lets him play through this all the time. What's the difference now? Um, I also think, like, I agree I agree with Jeff in the sense that, like, Will Barton playing hurt isn't the best Will Barton you can get. Gary Harris, uh, I'm not surprised that he's hurt either. And I'm a little worried that it's going to be hard next season to get off of those contracts if you want to get a trade-in or so, of some kind if they don't have an opportunity to perform somehow during this next four games of the bubble or during the playoffs at some point which is almost like like asking the Nuggets to play those guys, even though we know that they're not necessarily what's best for the, this playoffs, like play those guys enough minutes so that they can maybe put on a little showcase for whatever that trade might be next year. And, and of course, I'm speculating because I don't even know if the Nuggets are looking to trade those guys, but I would be looking to trade those guys because I don't think that they really fit into the future. And for the the, the fact, the point of, Pay, overpaying Jeremy Grant, the Nuggets are totally susceptible to that. <laughs> We're just named three guys who are on the injury list who they overpaid a bit, don't you think? Like Gary Harris, big contract. Will Barton, something, big yeah. contract. Something Herkage, to be said for that. Before he went to Portland, big contract. Like we want to. Like I feel like the Nuggets constantly are overpaying guys. I wouldn't want them to fall into that pattern too much more. Although I do think that Jeremy Grant is a great piece. I, I, I think like he's definitely better than some of the other options that they have out there. Um, but I do think it's possible as well for them to overpay him. Um, I'm worried about this injury bug. I don't think it's – and Jeff said, oh, that's just what happens to guys when – power forwards when they come to, to Denver, right? That's interesting because – and maybe you blame a little bit of it. Altitude, fatigue, sure. but like three guards injured after week months off it's a little iffy it's a little weird don't you think yeah i mean they're not a they're not a mile high right now that's the one point of solace i can take they they are at sea level it was at least the impression of everybody that they were healthy going into that and going down there uh so it i i don't know if these are things that they've been dealing with for a while or if these are things that uh, maybe maybe it just happened. Uh, but you, you're right. I, I think that that, was, that point by Jeff uh, about Barton playing hurt and how it doesn't work very well, it's a good point. And it's really sad. It's really tough because he's a guy who I think when he gets back, 
if he gets back, the Murray, Barton, Porter, Millsap, Jokic, uh, maybe you could put in Grant in there for Millsap if you want to. That's Denver's group. That would be the group that I would ride. And and like, hey, if you're in game seven of a fourth quarter, a fourth quarter of a game seven, then like that's that's the group that you go with and say, hey, these are our most talented players and we're going to put them against your most talented players and we're going to see what happens. Um, Is that going to happen now? I don't know. I think, and and you can quote me on this, I think Murray's going to be back for Utah. Uh, two days from now, I think he'll play. That's my, that's my general feel on the situation. There's no inside info on that, but I do think that he will be back in relative short order. Uh, but we're going to see. Like he, he, to me, like Jeff said, he's the one that I'm the least worried about. Uh, but you, you want to get him healthy. You want to see how healthy he can get before those playoffs and I want to see how he plays with Porter and Jokic and what that dynamic looks like because we just haven't seen that enough where all three of those guys are invested in getting possessions. So, I mean, we saw with Jokic tonight, hey, he's perfectly fine throwing 13 assists in three quarters. That's okay with him. But, I mean, is it going to be good enough for Murray and for Porter to share all of those touches? We'll see. Is that the quote going in your book, Stagger of the Stars? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I'm, I'm my own Nicholas Sparks in here. Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, that's, that's a good reference, and I know it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there, there is something to be said for that. We can talk about that when those guys get healthy. Like when, that, when we can cross that bridge, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Um, yeah. But let's take a quick look right now at the West playoff picture. Uh, the Nuggets, they're still at three. Uh, they are going to be facing either Houston, Utah, or OKC. That's the most likely thing. Uh, looking at the standings right now, after it looks like the the Rockets pulled off a win against the Lakers. I'm going to refresh the standings here for everybody, just so you know I'm stalling. Um, let's get this going here. Uh, yeah, the Nuggets are in... They are in uh, third right now. They are a game and a half behind the Clippers. The Rockets are a game and a half behind them. The Jazz are a game and a half behind them. They're tied with Houston. Right now, the Nuggets would be slated to face the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Jeff, let me start with you on this one. The Nuggets just played the OKC Thunder. They were mostly healthy other than Dennis Schroeder. Are you scared of the OKC Thunder? No. No. Um. The Thunder don't really put any sort of fear into me, mostly because of the Jokic-Adams matchup. Sure. Uh, that's, that's really favorable to Jokic. So, yeah, no, I, the, the Thunder don't scare me. In They, they scare me the least, actually, of, of, the, of the teams the Nuggets would have to play. Uh, kind of in the same plane as Utah, to be honest with you. Jenna, what about you? Well, before I tell you, I'd, I'd really like to know what uh, puts the fear into Jeff. Anything? <laughs> uh, the, the fear? Uh, spiders. <laughs> spiders. Spiders <laughs> put the fear into Jeff, but not and the heights. Oklahoma City Thunder. And heights. If I was like on a cliff edge and then there was a spider on me, I would die immediately. I would like have a heart attack and then fall. I'm a, I'm a bees and wasps guy. I, I can't yeah. do bees. They're They're... Mostly harmless. Don't get me wrong, but I, I always get a, 
a really icky feeling when I'm when I'm around bees and wasps. It's it's definitely a phobia for me. Jenna, what about you? Yeah. Are you are you are you scared of anything? I swat the bees and wasps away, no problem. I'm not afraid of making them Seems mad. Like they don't ever come idea. back. Just so you know, they never <laughs> come back. You just swat it away like a tennis racket, right? Gone. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> spiders, you just flick away. Not too scared. I did have a mouse run across my living room last night, though, and oh. I was mortified. It was a little <laughs> tiny baby. Like, he was itty-bitty. I named him Fievel, of course, and last I saw, <laughs> he was under the stove, so I haven't cooked all day. Oh, he's still there? My God. Uh, you gotta, well, last I, I saw. I'm sure he's oh. traveled around. You feel, oh, you, you're terrified of him, and you named him? <laughs> what, what, why did you name him if you were scared of him? <laughs> I don't want his murder to be in vain, okay? okay. I, I have traps yeah. out. We'll give him a little funeral once I catch him. A little wedge of cheese, uh, yes. <clears throat> let's never circle back never. here. Are, are, are you scared of the OKC Thunder as, as scared as you are of mice? No. I don't think Denver – I don't think the Nuggets should be scared of OKC. I think they're a pretty good matchup. Um, OKC – isn't somebody who I think like is going to heat up like crazy from the three point from three point range. Uh, I think Denver has done a pretty good job of just defending and matching up against OKC and, and the Jokic Adams kind of dual down low takes from some of that worry for me. Like I know Jokic is going to dominate. Steven Adams doesn't seem to really know what to do with Jokic. And yeah. Chris Paul just doesn't scare me. I don't know. I know I should probably have respect for Chris Paul as a point guard, but I just don't. <laughs> Love it. I, I'm with you there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think OKC is the least threatening team of the three teams that Denver could really face. Uh, even four, if you're including Dallas, honestly. Like, uh, I'm, I would be perfectly fine if they faced OKC. I'd be perfectly fine if they faced Utah, honestly. Houston, yeah, me too. Dallas, I'm a little bit more tentative around just because those teams seem very offensive-minded with guys that the and types of players that the Nuggets generally struggle with, uh, with Harden and Doncic and Russell Westbrook. Uh, uh, because the more that they play Torrey Craig, the less they're playing Michael Porter Jr. in all likelihood in those matchups. So uh, that's uh, another factor, I think, well, to think about there. Any team that chucks a lot of threes is the Denver's bane. So it's like uh, the Pelicans, yeah. um, the, the Rockets, yeah, and the Mavs all just it, – it's because of the – and it's because the Nuggets give up a lot of corner threes. And I – yeah, I, I just – I, it's just a systemic thing with them. I, I, they just – they crash hard. And then they expect you to get out to the corner, and it's just it, it it happens. They miss rotations, and the Nuggets just give up a lot of threes. I mean, remember earlier this year when the uh, the season like it seems like a thousand years ago, but remember they the Nuggets would give up uh give up a bunch of, of threes, and yet they weren't none of the teams were hitting them. So the Nuggets yeah. like it seemed like the Nuggets have a, had a great three point defense. <laughs> they really didn't. It's just because teams were missing. In the early years, and one in the early in the year, and once teams like improve their shooting percentages, the Nuggets' three-point defense looked a lot worse. Yeah, I'm alone. I mean, look at the two teams that they've lost to, right? The Heat, the Heat have great three-point shooting. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And do. tonight against Dame, Dame killed it from three, and he had a backup, seven other threes, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it it didn't even it, both the teams that they lost to are both very very good three point shooting teams, um, and and Denver's entire like process of last year's playoffs was avoid Houston at all costs, figure mm-hmm. out how to avoid Houston. So. Yep. I just think that that's going to be their biggest issue. And like Jeff said, they're going to have to figure out a way to like mitigate three-point shots, even three-point attempts. And I personally feel like the answer is bull bull. <laughs> I don't know about that one, Chief, but, but we'll see. <laughs> I, I, I wish we could talk about bull bull, but Maybe. We're, we're running out of time here. Uh, I want to. I want to. Bull Bull, Ryan. You just did the. You did the Bull Bull mic drop right as we're getting off the, the podcast. <laughs> Correct. Uh, I, I want a quick thirty seconds from each of you. I'll start with Jeff first. Would you rather face the Clippers or the Lakers right now in the playoffs? I'm going to give you the slow thirty seconds. Um, I would rather have face the Clippers. I think the Nuggets, even with the Clippers, match up much better against them. The size, actually, of the Lakers gives the Nuggets fits, and you saw that in the last game they played the Lakers, so I'd much rather see the Clippers. Jenna? I'm the same. Uh, I just think the Lakers' size is overpowering, and while the Nuggets do have some young guys like Bull Bull, MPJ, who are a bit taller, I think that's a big task, right, to hold them accountable for. Oh, go out there and defend Anthony Davis, Bull Bull. Like <laughs> – not that Bobo can't do that eventually, but he's like five games into his career. So let's give the guy a break, right? It's not going to be perfect at this point. Um, I just think the Lakers are really, really big. I'm going to go the other direction and say the Lakers. I think the, the Lakers counter when, when things get tough on them is to go small with Anthony Davis at the five and LeBron at the four with guards mm-hmm. around them. And that to me is probably the biggest thing where uh, MPJ, when he's facing a guard on the perimeter and, and instead of LeBron James, I think that'll, that'll really change things for him. But we've gone too long already uh, getting kicked out of zoom very soon here. So that's going to do it for, for this episode of the Denver stiff show. Jenna, you've been awesome. Jeff, both of you, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate both of you taking the time on this late hour. Uh, Yeah. But I, I don't really have much else. So okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, thanks Jeff for being old on the podcast. Yeah. Or something thank like you. That. I, I Jeff, thanks for me. being old. Jenna, thanks for being uh, just, just you, oh, like just you. I mean, I, I, I totally get it. That's fine. Uh, MPJ hater. What's up? MPJ hater. <laughs> Despite what you say about Michael Porter. Uh, <laughs> That's going to do it here. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next week.